It's different walking down those steps when you got some heels on you. <laughs> Watch out. Hasn't happened yet. Watch. It's going to happen to me next week. Good morning. My name is Melody, and I'm happy that you're here today. I am one of the pastors here at New Song. Uh, Josh and Grant are the other two pastors, and they are not here today, so I am the only pastor here at New Song today. But we miss them, yeah? Let's give them a big shout-out. They're taking a day off. Well-deserved. Um, if you are visiting us for the first time today and you're just checking us out, we would love to just get to know you a little bit. There's a Connect card right in front of you on the back of um, these chairs. And if you fill that out um, and meet me or one of the elders over at the Connect card under the Easy app, I would love to give you a gift certificate to go get coffee. And I would even love it more if I went to get coffee with you. So uh, I may like just trade you for that card kind of, you know, so that I could have a way to contact you. you but you don't have to, I promise, I won't contact you in the first week. So uh, did you find a sweet treat on your seat today? What did you find? A fortune cookie, excellent. If you don't have one, uh, look around. There's seats, there wasn't one on every seat. So please grab one. Go ahead and open them up. And I would love to, Chris, could you help me grab a microphone? Um, let's read some of our fortunes. Now, I have, to, I have a disclaimer. When I read the reviews on Amazon, it said that most of them were appropriate. If you get one that's not appropriate, first of all, I'm sorry. And second of all, don't raise your hand to read it. Uh, but I would love to uh, hear what some of your fortunes are. Some, is there a funny one out there? Raise your hand. Let's see. Tara, Chris is coming to you. Listen to the wisdom of the old. Listen to the wisdom of the old. Well, my knee was really hurting this morning, so... <laughs> I, I will consider myself older today. My arthritis was kicking in. All right, who's next? Is it Farid or Sarah? It says, I will move to a wonderful new home within the next year. Woo! Sandy, right? Oh, Farid's, Farid's raising his hand right there. You want to read yours? No? You, oh, you were just saying yes. Let it be true. Okay. Let's see. Ellie. Doing what you like is freedom. Liking what you do is happiness. Oh, frame that one. All right, Mary, let's see what you got. Your present plans are going to succeed. Excellent. Oh, nice. What are your present plans and do they involve me? <laughs> All right, let's see, Gina. This must mean something because Daryl and I both got the same one. The same one. The same one. All right. <sighs> Hope is the most precious treasure to a person. Hope, excellent. And we're talking about that today. All right, let's see, Art. A crab wonton a day keeps the doctor away. Does it really say that? Or did you just make that up? It says that? It says, oh my goodness. All right, a few more, a few more. Let's see, Kathy, Kathy, oh. Kathy. Oh. <laughs> A secret admirer will soon send you a sign of affection. Ooh! Mondo! You better watch that doorstep. <laughs> uh, those who seek will find. Oh, look at that.
that. You're going to be seeking out her secret admirer. All right, let's see. Marilyn, Marilyn. Okay. Um, life is full of little decisions like white rice or brown rice. Excellent. What would you choose, white or brown? Brown? White. I'm with you there. All right, Nancy. Hear with your ears, but listen with your heart. Oh, excellent. That is for you to listen to me today. Okay, Barbara, and then one more. Your eyes will soon be open to a world full of beauty, charm, and adventure. I like that one, too. All right, Dylan has his hand raised right here. Come on, Chris. Come on, Chris. Failure is the mother of success. Failure is the mother of success. How are your grades, buddy? So-so? It's okay. It means you're on your way to success. Excellent. All right, do you want to know? So I got these in the other day, and um, I will. you will see how this makes a lot of sense in a second, but I'm going to share mine with you on the screen here. Mine said, live, think, and act for today, for tomorrow may be too late. Dun, dun, dun. So you'll see why that was really interesting in a second, but... Um, if you uh, are interested in having more fortune cookies, please grab one on your way out. Um, and we will see if that one's any better, if you like it anymore. Has anyone um, like kept one of these that really meant something to you over the years? Maybe laminated it or carried it around in your wallet, pinned it on a bulletin board? The lucky numbers? The lucky numbers? Oh, that's right. On the back of these. I have no idea, but apparently there's an array of drinks that you're just supposed to. Mine said beer. Ishmael over there likes pomelo. What did yours say? Yours just said drinks. Chris just likes drinks. Any weird drinks out there? Peach? Like a peach wine, maybe? I don't know. Well, anyway, these are, these are really funny. I'd be... I'd be interested in seeing if, if any of you take these lucky numbers given to you by New Song Church straight to the lotto, what's it called, the booth? Watch all the sales in San Dimas area go up. You can tell the person at the lotto booth, oh, my church gave me these. New Song is like no other church, I tell you that. Um, well, why are these cookies so fun? Why are they so fun and interesting and ridiculous sometimes, right? Um, we like them because this little piece of paper can sometimes provide some measure of, oh, that's, that's interesting, okay, right? Or it can sometimes provide a, oh, that's interesting, okay. Um, it, if I do this, then this will happen. This is super vague, but I can apply it to this little section in my life. Um, so that's why these are fun. And these are also interesting to us as humans because we're people that like information. Would you agree? Yes, we like information. What, we like being in the know. What, what other things do people look at for information, like a weather app? right? We look at the weather. Do you know it's going to be almost 90 degrees this week? <sighs> yeah. Well, and sometimes it's off by two hours with the rain, you know? You're like, wait, this is coming too soon, or oh, it never came. Oh, now it did. Um, we like to know how cold or hot it might be. What, what other apps do we look at or things? What do we look at for information? Horoscope, that's interesting, because I was going to say something about that. We look at horoscopes, right? Does anyone? You don't have to raise your hand. 
Don't be embarrassed. Um, I, uh, the same day that my fortune cookies came in, I looked up my horoscope. And it said, things may be intense for you today, dear Aquarius. And I was like, okay. And then it basically said um, that I needed to cut people out of my life. And I was like, well, I like the people in my life. I don't, you know. So sometimes we take that piece of information, perhaps, and wonder what it means or make life decisions based on this random piece of information, right? What about, what about when your Amazon package is coming down the street and it's one stop away? We like to track our packages, or is it just me? We like to see how far it is. I've been known to wait outside when it says it's one stop away. I just pretend I'm taking in fresh air or looking at the birds, but nope, just waiting for my package. Um, but uh, you know who else likes to find out information for himself? And he's not here today, so I can make fun of him a little bit is Grant. He has an app where if he sees or hears a plane flying overhead, he has an app that looks it up and it will tell him where it came from, where it's going, how long it's been in the air. What he does with this information is probably absolutely nothing. But he has the satisfaction of knowing that he knows. He has an app, I can, I'm totally like just gonna, how do you say, roast him today. Um, he has an app where he can look up bugs and birds. And so if you ever see him in the parking lot like this or like this, he's not looking for signal for like an important phone call. He's just looking up useless information. <laughs> it's okay. It's his brain break. It's fine. Um, so, uh, you know, we have all these things that we look at for information. We like to, we, we like to be in the know. Can we agree on that? Yes. yes. So let's read today's text. It is in Mark 13. I'm going to start at verse 32. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Verse 35, therefore keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Do you remember what my fortune cookie was? Live for today because tomorrow may not. Right? I thought that was really interesting that I was preaching on this passage. But does this passage give us a whole lot of information? With this information or non-information in our world of tracking packages, looking up weathers, looking up planes, fortune cookies, horoscopes, all that stuff and more, we like to have some measure of certainty. We like to have some measure of, is this going to happen today, tomorrow? Does this passage give us that today? No. No, it doesn't. So, hmm, what do we do? So here we are today in this book of Mark. If you are just joining us, we are in the book of Mark. 
And um, we have been in this chapter 13, which is the longest time that Jesus has spoken all at once. And this whole entire chapter has been filled with Jesus talking for quite a long time. And Jesus has been dishing out all this information. But the information that he has been dishing out is both terrifying and comforting and scary, but hopeful. It has been, as we have adopted this phrase here at New Song, all the things. It is all the things. So I want to take a look back really fast. Um, Grant has preached the first two sections in this chapter. And the first chapter, the first 13 verses, I'm going to give you a quick recap, was all about wars, famines, earthquakes, families being destroyed. Verse 7, when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, such things must happen but the end is still to come. Verse 8, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. Verse 9, you must be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and governors and kings. You will be flogged in the synagogues. Verse 12, brother will betray brother to death, father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. Yikes, right? In the next sermon, this was our sermon last week, um, on, this is the recap, and the sermon was titled uh, Abomination, let me see, what was it? Abomination, Desolation, and Consolation. Verses 17, it says, How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that this does not take place in winter because those will be the days of distress unequaled from the beginning and never to be equaled again. The sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. The stars will fall. Heavenly bodies will be shaken. Y yikes again, right? And not only are these major things happening, but there's major feelings of desperation and um, just horrible things associated from all this. Let me tell you, when, so Grant, Josh, and I meet every week and talk about what's to come. And when we were talking about these passages, Josh and I were like, good luck, buddy. You know, because it's hard. These, these passages are hard. But Grant didn't leave it there. He said what these passages also say, he said, is that they give, a, Jesus does not just leave it there. He doesn't leave us in a place where we have no idea what to do. He gives us direction. He gives us hope. He gives us consolation in these passages. I'm going to recap this for you. In verse 9, he gives us direction. You must be on your guard. He gives us hope. Verse 11, do not worry beforehand. Verse 13, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. He gives us direction here. So be on your guard. I have told you everything ahead of time. Now learn this lesson. And now here again in these final verses in this chapter, uh, this is where um, Jesus is talking about when he will come again. In, earlier in the chapter, one of his disciples said in verse 4, tell us. When will these things happen? And here they're talking about verse 26. At the time, people will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. So they're asking, when will you come again? When are these things happening? This is the sum of it all. 
This is all the information we need in this chapter. In this chapter, we, we've heard what will happen, and that's basically everything terrible. We have seen where these things will happen, also basically everywhere. Who will this be happening to? It'll be happening to everyone. And here we are today where we talk about when these things will happen, but we are given no information. No information. And because we have such little information, people tend to go one of two ways. We can either get obsessed with this sense of not knowing and it is terrifying for us and we are fearful and the not knowing is just, is awful for us. Or it seems so far-fetched and so not a part of our everyday world that we forget it's actually a thing and we kind of don't pay much attention to it. So where do you fall? This is quite the topic of a lot of books and a lot of movies, a lot of songs. Does anyone remember the Left Behind series? That was a huge series when I was growing up. Uh, movie after movie of disaster finally taking over the earth, destroying everything, song after song. Who here is familiar with DC Talk? Some of us? Yes, thank you. Excellent. There's a song that, oh my gosh, just like I played every time in the car. There's no time to change your mind. The sun has set and you've been left behind. Ah! It's scary. Anyone heard that one? Yeah? Come on. DC Talk, man. They had another song, Love is a Verb. There was a rapper, a rocker. Sing some more? Yeah, I'll keep going. Um... No, but uh, there's been so much around this subject because it's a mystery. Nobody knows. The not knowing the when is the mystery that it's really hard to wrap our heads around. Since the day that Jesus left this earth, people have been making predictions, yes? People have been making predictions. One that I remember very well is the year 2000. The year 2000. Not the year 3000 from the Jonas Brothers. Anyone Jonas Brothers fans in here? You know, I've been to the year 3000. No, we're talking about 2000 here. We're not yet. Um, the year of Y2K. Do you remember that? No one knew what computer systems were going to do. Would the power shut off? Would all our, you know, utilities be compromised? Would the stock market crash? Was this the year of Christ's return? So what did people do? What did people do? I don't know about you, but my family was a little bit on edge about this. So what did we do? We stocked up on canned goods. We pulled cash from the bank. We, my dad made sure all the cars had gas in them. And as we watched the clock and rang in the new year, it was filled with excitement, but also paired with, what's, is it midnight yet? Are we all still here? Anyone? Anyone go through a little bit of that? You're too that? Just my crazy family? Um, but, the, you know, it's so funny because out of all the paranoia my parents did feel about this uh, time, well, not paranoia, they were just worried, right? Um, we lived in Pasadena at the time, just a block under the Rose Parade route, and every year we'd go out there, and, and the year 99, we were out there ready to ring in 2000, and I remember standing on Colorado Boulevard right close to midnight thinking, huh, if this is actually going to happen, this is a terrible place to be. 
why are we standing here with a million other people? I guess we can run home. Okay, it was, it was pretty funny. Um, but we have also seen news of uh, religious groups or political groups or whatever thinking the end was approaching, right? And we've seen the devastation brought onto people, onto groups of people when they decided to take their own lives before the end. You've seen that on the news, right? I sure saw my share of the end is now when the pandemic started. I'm sure you did too. Get right with God. This is the end. Make sure you're, make sure, this is a sign. And what happened? Did Y2K sound familiar? People went out, got canned goods. There was a toilet paper shortage everywhere. You remember that? I'm sure you did. My goodness. We have seen and experienced terrible, terrible things the last two years. Would you agree? I, it's no surprise that the end would be predicted by many since Jesus left. Because terrible things have happened since and will continue to be so. But not even Jesus, when he was here on earth, not even Jesus knew the win. In this very short statement, in verse 32, it says, But about that day or hour, no one knows, not the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the, only the Father. And this statement draws even more attention to the mystery of the win, because wait, isn't Jesus all-knowing, all-powerful God? Isn't he? Well, yes, Absolutely, he is. We just dedicated an entire Advent series, an entire Advent series to the fact that Jesus was fully human. If you want to go back and listen to those, I think there's four or five sermons in there. They were excellent because we talked about how Jesus, yes, indeed he was God, but while he was here on earth, he laid aside his power. He laid aside his glory. He laid aside even his knowledge of when this was happening so that he could live a fully human, fully authentic life. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that. We talked about how he experienced pain, hunger, exhaustion, anger, sadness, all the things. And he experienced this, this stuff, and he himself said, look to the Father. Look to the Father. Look to the Father and in heaven as I am right now, as I am. When you go through things of this world, look to the Father. And here he is saying, I don't even know. I don't even know. But keep your eyes on the Father because I, nor you, nor angels in heaven, no one knows until they know that I am returning. So you don't know until you know. And it's a mystery and we have to accept that. So what do we do in the meantime? What do we do? Well, remember where I said, you know, during Y2K, at least I felt a little better because my family was prepared? And Jesus uses this story to tell us how to prepare. In verse 33, it says, be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when the time will come. It's like a man going away from his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned tasks, and tells one to keep watch at the door. Therefore, keep watch, because you don't know when the time will be. If he comes suddenly, you don't want him to find you sleeping. 
when I read this passage, do you know what it immediately reminded me of? It reminded me of being a kid with my siblings after school every day and hearing mom's car pull up in the driveway after work. And boom, we would just, in a matter of like a minute, load the dishwasher, set the table, you know, pull out a book, pretend we'd been reading for an hour. Anyone do that too? We were so proud of ourselves because we did it. But I don't know if we fooled her so much or maybe she just played along with it because now I have four kids of my own and I feel like they magically inherited the same trait. The other day, I've, I've seen it with my own eyes. The other day, we were having people come over. And you know when you paint a wall, the other one just looks dirty, right? So we were having people over, and I looked at this wall in the morning. I said, this looks dirty. When, when you guys come home after school, here's this magic eraser box, and I want you to wipe the walls, okay? Wipe the walls. Okay, Mom. I left them a nice little note, a cute little snack. Like, that was going to make washing the walls any more enjoyable. And so I pull up, and if you've used a magic eraser, you know that when you use it, it leaves like the wet streak for, you know, a few minutes. Well, when I walk into the house, I see streak, 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 streak. So they have inherited this quality from, from me in a mad rushed panic. Um, but in a mad rushed panic, sometimes we can prepare for someone that we didn't expect was coming, right? Oh, I'm kind of, I'll be at your house in five minutes. Okay right? Okay. But how do you prepare for someone who could appear at any moment? Boom, mom's home. What? Sorry, we didn't wash the walls, mom. Boom, Jesus is here. How do we prepare for that? And again, like in the passages from the last two Sundays, Jesus does not leave it here with giving us no direction. He gives us direction. Verse 33, be on your guard, be alert, keep watch, for what I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Okay, let's do that. So again, people who read this might fall into two categories. Let's see where you fall into. The first category is those who take these actions very literally. Very literally. And if you take these actions very literally, be alert, be alert, don't, don't be asleep, da, 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 well, you'll be exhausted, <laughs> Right? You'll be exhausted, and the very nature of this warning is anxiety-provoking because you're never going to be 100% on alert. You're never going to be 100% watching. You're never going to... It's exhausting. And not only that, but it's a constant state of being just taken by this. It, it can lead to an unhealthy way of life. So that's one category to fall into. The second category, and this is where I think most of us find ourselves in, is that we believe these things to be, to be true. We believe that Jesus is coming at any moment. We believe we live good and decent lives, but the constant state of awareness, of readiness, of alertness, perhaps is not on the forefront of our minds. In this category, this is where we might find ourselves sleeping. We might find ourselves sleeping. We might find ourselves like children on the couch waiting to hear when their mom pulls up. We might find ourselves in there. And what does that mean? Oh, I know I got to make things right with this person or that person, but it's just too hard. I'll do it later. 
oh, it's just, it's not the right time for me to open the door to that whole mess over there. It just doesn't feel right. I'll do it later. Oh, I'm just waiting for all these pieces to fall into place, to take the next step. I'm waiting for all these things to be perfect for me to, for me to continue. It'll get there. I'll do it eventually. Oh, how about this one? I know I could be doing something else to connect with God, but oh, I didn't start this week. I'll start next week. In this category, we, may, we find ourselves making excuses for the should-haves, would-haves, and could-haves. Yes? We might find that we do this a lot with things in our lives, and we even do this with God. We even do this with God. So which of these two categories do you find yourself in? Maybe sounds a little familiar. And what do we do now that we see where we fall? What do we do now? Well, again, Jesus gives us directions. I'll repeat it again. You must be on your guard. Don't worry beforehand. The one who stands firm till the end will be saved. Be on your guard. I have told you everything ahead of time. Now learn this lesson. And let's pair those with the, with the directions that he gives us today. Be on your guard. Be alert. Keep watch. For what I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. What I think he is saying here is that he's saying that we should be living our lives in such a way that we are always ready to meet him at his return. And that we should be living our lives in such a way that we are keeping watch on our lives, on our hearts, on our minds, on what we spend our time, what we spend our efforts on, so that if he appears with no warning, we will be delighted not terrified. Will it be today? Will it be tomorrow? Will it be next week? It is useless to speculate. It is useless. And not only could the coming of Christ be in the next hour, be today, be tomorrow, be, the, be next week, but you and I could also pass away in the next hour, today, tomorrow, the next week. Correct? You and I could also pass away from this earth. That time we don't know. You and I are not meant to outlast here. That day is also unknown. And facing that fact, we also fall into two categories. One category is that you either have no idea what life after death might be like and you're, and you're completely terrified and scared of it. And the other category is that you know and you believe God's promises to be true. And it might be scary, but you have the assurance that you will be with God forever. So if we take these same directives here, if we take these same directives, watch over your heart. Be alert. Don't let sin creep in. I read it once in a book that said, you know, the enemy doesn't always use big sins. Why, why make someone have an affair with someone when you can use playing cards? Little sins can creep in and can take places in our hearts. Watch over your heart. Be alert. Stand firm in his promises. If we take the same directives to apply to Christ's coming and apply to the day that we pass away from this earth, we'll hopefully be comforted. We will hopefully be delighted 
that we have consolation in Jesus' promises. I want to tell you something. That ever since dealing with death up close and personal, and I have found that there is no rhyme, no reason, no sense of it, there is no way to count any of your days as sure. There is no way to count any of your days as sure. When my mom passed away, doctors gave her two years to live when we found out she was in liver failure. And five days after that conversation, she was gone. Two years. Okay, let's work with that. Five days. As we have just experienced in our community here three weeks ago, someone from our own community gone within hours so suddenly what from from something that seemed like a a common problem gone within hours what i've experienced when i've dealt with death up close and personal is that i have learned that nothing and no one is meant to outlast this earth nothing am i living in a doom and gloom state I want to tell you, my friends, this is the most honest statement I want to share this morning, is that I have never felt greater peace. Does my heart ache? Does my heart hurt? Yes. Every day. For some of us, every minute, every moment. Every moment. But I have peace because I believe his promises. I believe his promises to be true, and that has brought me peace. Maybe you've experienced it too. Does it come easy? No. Does it come easy? Does it just come because we claim it? Well, maybe, but we are called to keep watch, be alert, stand guard, learn the lesson. This peace and hope takes time and takes effort and takes time with God, time spent in prayer with God, time spent in community with each other so we can carry each other's burdens, so we can encourage each other and say, you are not strong right now. I'm going to be strong for you. Because guess what? Next time, it'll probably be my turn. This peace takes time and takes effort. Time not spent sleeping but being aware of the state of our hearts and our minds. What we do with our time, what we do with our effort, the truth is that we could fill entire days, entire days with the should-haves, the would-haves, and the could-haves, right? You ever have a day where you think, where'd the day go? I, okay, guess it's gone. We have entire days that we could fill with that, that we could fill with sleeping, but you and I should be ready to meet Jesus at any point in time because none of our days are guaranteed. Chapter 13 has been intense. Yes? Chapter 13 has been intense. It has been filled with a scary picture. He said, you will see destruction. He said, you will see death. You will face opposition. He said, you will experience pain and sorrow. But he also said that the kingdom that I am inviting you to be a part of with me will outlast all of this. Will outlast the destruction, the death, the sorrow, the opposition. The kingdom that I am inviting you will outlast this. I'm inviting you to be a part of a kingdom where hope and peace 
is a true thing that you can attain, that you can feel. I am inviting you to be delighted at the thought of my return. In the meantime, while we're living here on this earth, he has given us clear directions. Be on your guard. He said it very clearly here. I have told you ahead of time. I have told you ahead of time. Keep watch. Be alert. So no matter when the day is, what the time is, take heart. Practice faith. Endure. Because we are a part of an unstoppable kingdom. Do you believe that? A part of an unstoppable kingdom. There is no reason for fear. There is no reason for fear. Because the one thing that you can be sure of is Jesus and his promises. And they are true. Would you take out your communion with me, please? Jesus promised his return. Oh, yes, if you don't have one, please uh, raise your hand. Thank you, Nancy. You all have a fortune cookie, but you may not have grabbed your communion. Jesus promises his return. And he's on his way. He's on his way to the cross. In a few days, his body will be broken and his blood will be spilled. That's how much he means this. That's how much he wants to be with you. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he cares for you. That's how much he wants you to understand, hey, I'm about to die for you. And that's the promise. When we do this, we do this in remembrance of him and what he did. Let's take the bread. And when we take the cup, Man, I can't imagine that scene. I can't imagine what that was, just seeing blood spilled all over that cross. Human blood. He suffered. He experienced torture. No one in my life has experienced anything like that for me. One guy did. One guy did. And he says, you know what? I can't give you all the answers. I can't but you can trust what I have to say. You can trust what I have to say because this is my body. It is broken for you. This is my blood. I'm spilling it for you here and now. Let's take the cup. Lord Jesus, I pray that, God, whatever category we find ourselves in today, whatever category we, how we however we view the fact that you are coming again for us one day. However we feel when we think about departing from this world, God, may we look back on your words of hope, on your words of encouragement in this chapter that said, I have given you direction. Learn this lesson. God, would you awaken us 
so that we would guard our hearts, so that we would guard our minds. God, but that we would 100% trust in you and your words and your promises. Lord, as we sing this song, as we sing this song of hope, Lord, may we sing it out loud and just with all our might so that we can say, Lord, you are our living hope. You are the promise. I have assurance because of you. And that's really the only information I need to know. Lord, would you speak to us now and during this next song, Lord? Lord, would you come near to those are feeling pain and sorrow, maybe not so hopeful. Lord, would you awaken our hearts this morning so that we can focus on keeping watch, so that we can focus on you and your promises, and thank you, Jesus, that they are true and sure. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>